Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today I'm going to be getting into uh, quarter two, Loose Ends. If you're not familiar with the Loose Ends episode, uh, basically all I'm doing is going through all of the releases that I didn't talk about from quarter two, obviously being uh, April, May, and June. And we've got, I think, about 20 records here to talk about. Not doing any uh, long-form reviews. These episodes are always uh, pretty short compared to the other ones. But uh, yeah, uh, without wasting any time, we're going to get right in uh, from my least favorite. Um, and then we'll work our way up to uh, my favorite on this list uh, going down my little chart here. Uh, so first, uh, listen to Yeji, uh, new album with a hammer. And this one just didn't do anything for me, unfortunately, and I don't know why. Um, I've heard a few Yeji songs in the past, uh, like songs that weren't on this album. Um, I really love her cover of Passion Fruit by Drake, and I don't know, this, this album just, I don't know, it's a little bit more experimental than I anticipated, and I'm all about that in theory. But there wasn't a whole lot on this album that rep, uh, that resembled coherent songs to me. It was just a lot of bleep bloops and uh, kind of weird singing passages. And I, I don't know, maybe, you know, if someone out there really likes this album, maybe you can uh, write into the show and uh, tell me why you like it, and I'll, I'll give it another chance. Um, still gonna, you know, listen to whatever she puts out, um, still interested, uh, cause I do like some of her songs, but this one, I don't, I don't know, just didn't work for me. Uh, then we have, uh, Bebe by Bebe Rexa. I feel almost bad for having this towards the bottom here because it really is just an insanely inoffensive, just bare bones, uh, pop record. It sounds extremely uh, like late 2010s. I don't know, but it was just so hard to get all the way through this thing. Not because she can't sing or perform, but I don't know. That I mean, like she's talented, but the songs are just super flavorless to me. Um, I, I really don't like her version of Blue. That's uh uh, a huge hit right now, just, uh, yeah, can't, can't get into it, and, you know, I love a lot of pop music, so it's nothing against pop music, but this is just the kind of pop music that I feel like you just kind of hear in the background at the mall, and you don't really, you know, that's the only time you're ever going to listen to it, and it's not even out of, uh, your own will, so, yeah, I don't know, uh, just not feeling this one. Uh, then we have F65 by IDK. Um, I really liked IDK's record from 2019. Uh, I believe it was titled Is He Real? Um, and I've heard a few tracks from Simple. I uh, really enjoy all of those. Um, and I even enjoy some of this record here. Um, it's, you know, it's nice uh, R&B and rap crossover stuff, but... I think what kills this album for me is it's just so long. There are so many tracks that I think are just okay. 
and you know even like the stuff that I think is good is it's not mind blowing it's it's just you know pretty good and I don't know I just I had a hard time staying engaged uh for what it was I don't know maybe someday I'll come back to it I I feel pretty mid on this album it's just kind of there uh then we have why does the earth give us people to love by Kara Jackson I wanted to like this more. I think the lyrics are extremely therapeutic and interesting, but musically it just feels kind of one note. Uh, the same tinge of folk with a bit of a, like a country flavor thrown in. Um, I feel like, you know, an arrangement for one song, it feels like it just stretches across every song and, you know, I like the genre at its core. I like the idea of the album, but it just gets kind of monotonous to me. And I understand the appeal of it. I don't think there's anything like necessarily bad on it, but I just couldn't really stay interested in it. Um, I know, you know, some people are saying it's one of the better albums of the year. I don't quite agree with that, but you know, everybody's different. Uh, it just didn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, but that doesn't mean it won't for you. Uh, then we have End of Everything by Megabog. Uh, some icy Kate Bush style art pop that I was actually pretty into with the first two or three songs. And then it gradually went from being, you know, kind of nice. And then that kind of devolved into mild disinterest and... Eventually, by the time the album was over, I was just like, I, I don't really like this that much. So, it's complicated because I went through so many emotions listening to it. Um, and, you know, I like boundary pushing. I like weird stuff. But, ironically, I like this album a little bit more when it's a little more on the art pop side rather than just the art pop side if that makes any sense um i don't know just uh i'd like to give it another shot one day but uh for now um yeah it's there uh new ajj disposable everything you know formerly known as uh, andrew jackson jihad big uh folk punk icons from like the early 2010s i believe maybe late 2000s as well um this album um I don't know. Strawberry, the opener, is a great song, and other than that, you know, I haven't heard AJJ in years, um, you know, aside from this. I used to dig that folk punk style with the extremely earnest lyrics uh, that were so earnest that they were uh, almost funny at times, and that same old formula is on this album, but this time with a full rock band sound, and I don't know. I'm not sure when they made the switch, because I you know, I haven't really kept up with them in years. Um, don't have anything against them, but just kind of forgot about them. But I think in place of the new sound, which does kind of gain my interest, although not much, I think the lyrics are just... Yeah, I don't... They just don't do a lot for me here. I think they're like... You know, sometimes the super earnest lyrics could be funny, but I feel like it's also kind of dangerous because they can drift into just not being uh, lyrics that I particularly like. 
and it's hard to explain, but you just kind of have to listen to it for yourself. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about this one. It's, it's okay. Uh, then we have Conway, The Machine, with Won't He Do It. Yeah, some pretty alright New York hip-hop from Conway here. Um, I was a pretty decent fan of uh, God Don't Make Mistakes from last year, and I just don't think this one lives up to it. I mean, it's it's still pretty nice, pretty alright. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't really dislike any of the songs. Um, it just kind of comes and goes. Some nice samples and bars here and there. Um, I, I think its biggest flaw is it's just not super memorable. I mean, it would be nice to have on uh, while you're hanging out with friends or something, but I don't think I would, you know, be driving around and listening to this. Um, I'd probably rather just listen to uh, the last album. Um, but it's 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 fine. I mean, eh. Uh, then we have a new one from Duran Jones, Wait Till I Get Over. I'm a pretty big fan of Duran, uh, Aaron Fraser, anyone around the uh, Duran Jones and the Indications crew. And I support them on all of their solo projects. Um, I don't think this one may necessarily live up to some of that other stuff, but there are some... There are some uh, solid vocal performances nonetheless, um, and some pretty interesting uh, production choices, giving me a bit of a Stevie Wonder vibe with how adventurous and fun some of it is, and the more introspective stuff gives me a bit of a Frank Ocean vibe. Um, I don't know. I, I, I liked this one. We're getting, you know, into the territory where I can genuinely say I liked the album, wasn't blown away by this one necessarily, aside from Duran is just a fantastic singer. Any kind of, any other issues I would take with this album would just be musical or just about the songwriting itself, not really his voice because he's just one of those singers, you know. But uh, yeah, it, it's pretty good stuff. Um, you know, not going to be one of my favorites of the year, but I enjoyed it. Um, I'm always excited to listen to anything new from that camp. Uh, then we have Kevin Morby with more photographs. Um, obviously an expansion of Kevin's album, This Is A Photograph, one of my favorite albums from last year. Um, this album here is made up of new material as well as some reworkings of songs from that last album. It's not the strongest sequel, but at its worst, it's still pretty good. And it stays solid throughout. It's just... It's nice indie folk rock stuff. Um, if you've heard Kevin Morby, you, you know what he sounds like. Um, especially recently. And, uh... I don't know. I always like the personality he puts in his music. I don't think, you know... This is one of his best records by any means. But it's still, still good stuff if you like Kevin Morby. And you've heard uh, some of the more essential stuff. Some of the older stuff. You might like this. Um, give it a shot. Uh, then we have Through and Through by Baby Rose. Great vocals on this one with some decent to actually pretty great songs uh, running throughout. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Brittany Howard uh, from Alabama Shakes, but there's more of this like Lynchian, smoky, like sexy, uh, mysterious vibe uh, to this record. Um, it's maybe not a record that I, you know, like the last 
two that I've talked about. Don't think I would listen to it on repeat by any means, but when it's on, it's uh, pretty enjoyable. I uh, really like the vocals. Um, yeah. Uh, then we have a new one from Swans, uh, The Beggar. So this is in the mid to high range for me as far as Swans go. Um, like if something like To Be Kind was, you know, the top of the top, let's say S tier, I feel like this new album is like B maybe, almost A. I know <laughs> I was just talking about uh, oh, I'm not trying to rank things anymore or, you know, rate things, but I don't know. Um, of course, with it being Swans, it's an, it's an insanely long album, which makes it even harder to decipher how I feel because I can be, you know, over two hours, I can be really into it one second and be kind of like zoning out the next second. And I think that's part of the appeal with their music anyway, but I don't know, you know, one track is literally 45 minutes long. Um, and among the runtime, there are a few songs that I think are sort of on the pretty all right side. Uh, like, why can't I have uh, what I want? Not, not crazy about that song. It's not bad. Um, but there are a few moments on here that are really great. And then the song uh, Michael is Done is among the best music they've ever made. Uh, I mean, my God, <laughs> super grand, holy breakdown in that song just uh, sounds immaculate. Just fantastic stuff, uh, that song. And I really like the closing track as well. I, I'm blanking on what the uh, song title is now. Uh, but yeah, I don't think, you know, it's not one of the best Swans albums, but it's still a really good Swans album. We're getting into the uh, really good stuff here. Uh, then we have Westerman with An Inbuilt Fault. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by this one. It was on my list, and I had never heard of this artist before. I figured it would be some kind of record that I would find kind of just okay and then completely forget about. And, you know, not to say it completely blew my socks off or anything, because it didn't. But it is really good. It's kind of like if you took the artsy musical elements from like the late 70s and early 80s, like uh, Talking Heads and Roxy Music and Talk Talk, and then you gave that style more of a singer-songwriter spin rather than this full group experience. Um, it's a really cool album. I think I'm going to uh, give it some more listens. Maybe it'll grow on me some more, but... I really liked it. Um, you know, not one of my favorites of the year, again, but really good stuff. Uh, then we have Alex Leahy with The Answer Is Always Yes. Really fun, uh, just balls-to-the-wall power pop with a 2000s twist to it. I hear some uh, Best Coast. I hear some, like, Avril Lavigne, some Liz Fair, uh, lots of lovesick lyrics, and... Uh, punchy choruses that will stick inside your brain for days at a time. My favorite track on here is probably Makes Me Sick. Then we have um, Albert Hammond Jr. with Melodies on Hiatus. This one's gotten some pretty negative reviews, and I don't understand why, if you love the guitar sound of the Strokes and the general production sound that they use, 
um, that late 70s New York television kind of thing, kind of brought to a modern age. I don't understand why you wouldn't be into this. Um, it's a solid set of songs from the literal Strokes guitarist. He, you know, helped create that sound that people love about the Strokes. And I don't know, there are quite a few bangers on here. Um, his voice is great, and he's got a knack for writing really great hooky guitar lines for really great alt-rock tunes. And I don't know, I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, moving on, we've got Joanna Sternberg with I've Got Me. There's something special that draws me in about pure and honest folk music that feels like uh, anybody could write the songs. And I mean that as a high compliment because these are songs that feel like they've existed forever. And it's, you know, I was talking about this with AJJ before. This is the side of the earnest thing that you know, I can kind of understand why someone would maybe be a little turned off by it. But I don't know. It just, I really like it. It reminds me of like the really bare bones folk records from way back in the 50s and 60s. And I just think her voice is super pleasant. Um, it's really nice stuff. Not mind blowing by any means, but really nice stuff. Uh, then we have Colin Stetson with uh, When We Were That What Wept For The Sea. What a tongue twister of a title. I was mainly familiar with Colin's soundtrack work, and I forget what that instrument is called off the top of my head. Uh, you know the one if you've heard his music, but whatever it is, his music just has the creepiest feeling to it, and that is just as much reflected in his personal studio work. I thought maybe he was just doing it for uh, the soundtracks, but no, it is just whew, creepy stuff um, that'll make your skin crawl. And that's why I love it. I think this album is actually pretty fantastic. Uh, maybe not, again, maybe not one of my top favorites of the whole year, but I had a great time listening to it and I'm definitely going to come back to it some more and Show it to some of my friends who are into uh, the creepy vibes. Um, yeah, really like that one. Uh, and then the last one, uh, probably my favorite on this list. Uh, it's a Blow Me by Suzanne Sunfor. Sunfor. Apologies uh, if I mispronounced that. It's Norwegian. Um, this record is just gorgeous. Uh, like I said, some of it's in uh, Norwegian, so... Unfortunately, there is a little bit of a language gap that prevents me from, you know, fully understanding the songs. Of course, can look up translations and stuff, but, you know, there's always that element of hearing someone sing in a language that you actively understand that I feel like probably makes you appreciate it a little bit more than having to, like, look it up and read it and, like, kind of connect the dots um, in your brain. Um but it, it's still a great record nonetheless. That's not even a flaw. It's just something on my part that maybe holds me back, if anything. But uh, this has a lot of songs about Suzanne recently becoming a mother in the last two or so years. Lots of piano-based ballads with gorgeous arrangements. Whoever did the production did a wonderful job. Um, I get lost in the beauty of this thing. It just sounds immaculate. 
Fare Thee Well is my favorite song by far. Uh, makes me misty-eyed nearly every time I hear it. Uh, just a gorgeous tune. Gorgeous vocals from Suzanne. And uh, yeah, I think it's the best album of this episode pretty easily. And uh, that's going to do it for quarter two, Loose Ends. Uh, be sure to check any of these records out if they sound interesting to you. If you're already a fan of uh, these records and, uh, you know, I got something wrong, go ahead and yell at me. Uh, beat me on the head with a stick or something. Uh, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I will uh, be back soon. My next episode will probably be the July recap because, like I said, uh, I've been really busy with trying to move and uh, changing jobs and... Uh, all kinds of shit. There's always something. You know how it goes. But uh, hope to see you soon. Uh, as always, peace and well.